0: So I dedicate this message also to you. And I just want to dedicate it to every brave dreamer in this room because sometimes it takes the greatest strength on the inside of us. We have to dig so deep just to get some morsel of hope and faith so that we can actually believe that God is interested in our story and He is going to write again and and we we can dream again. So I dedicate this word for every brave dreamer in this room tonight. And the picture I saw actually... um, echoes a lot of the sentiments that Dorian was sharing when he got up to pray at the start of the night. I saw a vessel and it was in a hand that had been broken and ground to dust and that dust had just trickled out right down to the ground and I know some of you might feel like the very thought of your dream is exactly that, it's shattered and it's ground. It's not even broken, it's not even fractured, it's literally ground to dust. But what I know is that my God's breath has creative power and this is what I see, he takes that dust, and he breathes new life into that dust. And he can even pull particles back together. He can even pull pull particles from left and right scattered all over the place. He can draw them back and restore life and and recreate a heartbeat in that thing. That is the very nature of my restorative, resurrecting God in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's praise him here tonight. So has anyone seen my picture of um, the laughing Christ? Hands up if you've seen The Laughing Christ. I've been taking him on tour lately. I, I don't, we might put that up, Chrissy. Um, I've taken him to Adelaide. I've taken him to Perth. He's here with us at Silverwater tonight. He's going to go with me to Brisbane next weekend. I quite like to take him as my travel companion. I mean, really, that's what I'm there to do. Like Brad Sabat, I'm there to magnify Jesus anywhere I go. And I love this picture of The Last Laughing Christ, because my first question for you here tonight is, how do you see the dream giver? What does He look like to you? Because I think how we see and we perceive Him is vital, actually, because therefore our expectation comes from the way that we see Him. Well, I see Him as the laughing Christ. This picture sits uh, on my, um, my cupboard at home, and I look at Him, and whenever I'm having like some mental gymnastics moments where I'm getting a bit caught up, you know, with my own deals or whatever, I look at the laughing Christ. And he reminds me to enjoy myself. He reminds me to laugh a little bit, enjoy the journey, because what a a sad day if we get to the end of our existence and we haven't laughed along the way and we haven't enjoyed the sweet, humble, insignificant moments because there are more insignificant moments than significant ones sometimes. And the laughing Christ reminds me that he is with me and to enjoy the journey. Just leave that up whilst I read these scriptures. Psalm 84 says, You considered me. What is the son of man that you are mindful of him? See, so that's my dream giver. He is mindful of each and every one in this room. He he won't forget that you have a dream in your heart because he can't forget you. He sits, you're his beloved, he meditates on you, he longs to be with you, he loves the moments that you lift up your head and you see him and you acknowledge him and you commune with him. He won't forget about your dreams because he can't forget about you. You're you're birthed out of his very heart. He sent his own son to intervene for your life. Of course, he's mindful of you. Of course, he's mindful of the dreams that you carry in your heart. Right, Kathy? Amen. And this scripture in Psalm 91 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Amen you've got to know there's a shield of protection in front and behind, to the left and the right. No spear of the enemy can get in around that safeguarding. Angels are encamped around you in your household, my friends. Each and every one of you, remember tonight I am the voice of the messenger reminding you that he's mindful of you, that his angels are encamped around you in your household. Maybe you have grown dull in in the recognition of that tonight. Let me call to remember it's the fact that you are never alone. His angels are encamped over your son, over your daughter, over your little ones. They're right there. And Deuteronomy eleven twelve, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You know, sometimes we think God is only interested in our highlights reel when our faith is peaking, when our hope is peaking, when we're smashing things, when we're reading our Bible. No, from the beginning to the end. His eyes are upon us all. Amen? So that's his position. The dream giver, that's his position. Tonight, I want to talk about our position, our part in the equation of, of bringing these dreams into reality, all right? Awesome. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will make perfect that which concerns me. And the NLT version of that says the Lord will work out his plans for my life. I think that which concerns me and his plans are often interwoven, aren't they? It's like they're knit together, uh, his con- my concerns and his plans. But we need to give God and his plan the upper hand. And many times there's a test on that, and many times there'll be a niggling wrestle on the inside of us to actually let him not just be saviour, but to be lord over our life. And we give him the upper hand, renege the power, give him the upper hand, even though there's part of us which is like a two-year-old tantrum on the inside, because we love to have our way, people. We were born with a will. And it's it's good to exercise your will, except in one existence when the Lord is trying to have the upper hand. Friends, do yourself a favor and give it to him sooner rather than later. Terrible shame to go round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain in an area of our life because we just won't give him control. He's asking for it tonight for our own benefit. Amen. Allow God to illuminate the dream he has in his heart for you. There's a thought, oh my goodness, we spend our whole life projecting our dreams and desires up to heaven, sending these little letters up to heaven, oh, I want to have a partner and she's going to look like this, I want to have a, 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 a job and it looks like this, I want a flashy card, this color, no, that color, this color, then that color, this kind of interior, and you send that up, and we're always projecting our dreams and desires. What if for a minute we asked him what he's assigned in his heavenly book of our life? What is he assigned to our life? Imagine if we were to fall in sync with that. What a powerful, game-changing moment that would be if the giants awoken in the land, if the giants awoken to the call that God had for them and started to walk in it, to march in it and make a difference. Oh, God, I pray that we wouldn't be found sleeping. I pray that we wouldn't, in this beautiful Western world that you've given us to live in, I pray that we wouldn't be found sleeping, but we would be fully awakened to what you would have us do. We're your representatives. We are Christ's 1st We're heaven's representatives on purpose, on call, 24-7. Oh, Lord, I pray, don't let us be found sleeping. In Jesus' mighty name. I actually think somewhere along the lines, I stopped pursuing my own dreams. I remember I went to college. I was 18 years old and the carrot was dancing and I went and I studied dance and I did that for about a decade. I couldn't tell you where but I know I went to college because I wanted to dance, but somewhere in the leadership crucible of college, I stopped caring about what I was gonna do and I just cared about pursuing him. Somewhere in there, somewhere in there, something of me got unhinged and I just find myself attached, hard out to what he would do through my life and therefore I'm content. That's the funny thing, that's the power, is when you stop pursuing your own gains, and you just attach to him and what he'd have for you, then their peace exists. Their contentment exists, because we find what we're actually made for. Psalm 139.3 says, You sift and search out my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. In the process of dreaming again and seeing the realization of what God would have for us, the path is sifted and searched out, Right? We're going off road, it requires a bit of navigating. I don't know anyone who had the fulfillment of their dream just handed to them on a silver platter, be it relational or professional or otherwise. i found that it tends to be in the business of going off road, right? Navigating uncharted waters. And you know, you know, many times I've prayed, Lord, please get me out of the way of myself. Oh, many times i felt that I'm my main obstruction. Oh Lord, if you could just get me out of the way of myself. I could probably actually do something for you. It's a powerful prayer. It's a powerful confession. It's a good, it's a freeing confession. Oh, Lord, I know that I am flawed. I can see my flaws, they're shouting at me. But Lord, if you would please get me out of the road of myself, I know that you could do something for my little life. I know you could, Lord. Please get me out of the way of myself. You know, in in the waiting of the fulfillment, that's where there tends to be a sifting of the heart. And I find that God needs to sift because he needs to get the rocks out of our heart, get the rocks out of our system so that the soil is pure and fertile and ready to be planted in and to produce growth. And um, his Confessions of Nat Taylor... But once upon a time, I had an irritation. It was like a rock in the bottom of my shoe with a senior leader. I know you never meant to do that. The Bible very clear to honor your leaders. and um, But just to be transparent tonight, and the terrible thing about offense is that it's taken. It's actually, offense is taken. It's not typically intentionally given. More times than not, it's taken. And I had this offence and this irritation, this little niggly thing in my shoe and the reality is when we take these things is that we're more tormented by them than the person. Many times the person is completely unaware and this thing it was tormenting me and I found every scenario I went in, it came with me. And I, I found that I was like a mouse on a wheel and I couldn't get off the wheel. This mouse was going around the wheel and this, these thoughts were going around my mind. And then I started like vomiting them out over people and I wasn't very um, a, a very good judge. Normally you go to a safe place, you go to an upline when there's an irritation so that they can um, illuminate it, speak truth, cut it off. And you can repent and get counsel. That's the safe place. But I didn't realize because I couldn't see. Because often with a sin, there's deception. Deception is the veil so that you can't see it for what it is. And instead, under the veil, you justify, you justify, you justify. I'm the victim, I'm the victim, I'm the victim. And that's the position I was with in with this leader. So bad was it that I went to Presence Conference where heaven meets earth, Has it, hands up if you've been to Presence Conference. It's phenomenal. The most amazing experience and even in that atmosphere, this thing, the mouse on the wheel, these thoughts, these irritating thoughts. By the way, this was not his problem. It was my problem. It was completely my problem. It had nothing to do with that leader. That leader was brilliant. It was a, it was a glitch in my system. And even in Presence, I, I couldn't disarm that thing. And it took a while, but eventually the light came on in my mind and I realized there's something wrong with me. I want to get free of this thing. And so I just asked God, Lord, sift my heart, get the rock out of my heart. Lord, show me what to do to get free of this irritation so that I can move forward with purpose because the rocks will come to slow down our progress. And God showed me two things. I started to pray for that leader And it's amazing how as you begin to genuinely pray for the leader, even if it's awkward at the beginning, your heart will turn and it will align true north. As the power of God enters your circumstance, your heart, even a stubborn heart, has to align to what he says should be. And my heart began to soften. And the first thought I had was to give a gift and and a card to that leader. So I had to think what would be the right thing to give and contemplated it and, and, and gave the gift and the card. And I started to get free. It was completely my issue. I had to go to God with it. And, as, and then as he was illuminating, I started to get free. The rock started to get sifted out of my heart. And then I did that first. And then the second thing that I did that really broke it out of me was um, this leader um, had a circumstance around them where they needed support. And um, there was huge tragedy upon the family. And I ended up taking his shirts to iron them for him. To support somehow. And as I'd iron those shirts, I'd just find myself praying for that leader. And somehow the the rock in the bottom of my shoe got loose. As I just served, I served my way out of my offence. <laughs> Amen. I'm not here to serve you fairy floss. I actually want to see you living freer, happier lives. So that's what we're doing here tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Joshua 23, 14. Know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one thing of them has failed. In this dream again journey, if there's one thing we can hang our hopes on, it's the unmoving word of God. Now, there's a difference between pleas and promises. We do lots of playing in life, lots of asking for these specific things. But if we listen, if we stop playing for just a moment and listen to the still small voice, he will speak a promise to our heart and that we can hang our hopes on. That is unmovable. When it's heaven breathed, it's a game changer. So friends, if I can encourage you, stop playing, access the promise and then hold on to it for dear life, because what he says will be, come hell or high waters, what he says will be, what he says will be, in Jesus' mighty name. You know, I remember buying this building, Hearts, a few years ago now, friends, and um, it was interesting, because on one hand, we had On one hand, we had to do a natural walk, and on the other hand, there was like a supernatural walk. So the natural walk was hearts had to go out and look at other venues because um, we were still negotiating whether or not we were going to get this one. And every time hearts went out to look at something, I was like, I had my rebellious wife hat on that day. Because there was nothing in me that was interested in looking at those other venues because we had a bit of a paradigm shift in there. And we started to get a sense, actually, God wants us to buy this building. He wants us to have this building and when that paradigm shift came it was like i'm not interested and at all those other places i remember we went one day with the business manager to look at another place down by the river and i was like i was like a moody teenager i just did not want to be there i had zero faith walked around zero inspiration because there was this awakening on the inside of us god wants us to have this building and even when there were other parties circling, it's like the birds were circling to come in and try and to silver water. There was this confident knowing on the inside of us, God wants us to have this building. Doesn't matter who comes and look at it, this is ours. We've got a stake in the ground. And I remember sitting in the green room with Pastor Phil and Hearts one night, and we were sort of talking around the table at it, and Pastor Phil just said simply that, God wants us to have this building. And as he said it, those words landed in my heart. And that was the truth, the unmovable truth. And I was like, that's it. Deal done. Moses will have the keys today. In my mind, what he says will be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews 13.5 says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. What a beautiful promise. Can I say, even in circumstantial freefall, where you're dreaming again and you don't know where your pretty little feet are going to land, even in that place, he has his hand upon us. He has us in his grip. That's what the scripture tells me. I've got you in my grip. Even in circumstantial freefall, you are in his grip. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. And I just want to play a short clip here tonight just to get a picture in our mind because I think the quantum leap, I'm starting to find it's the place that God's asking me to live, the quantum leap. And I want to talk about what undergirds us in the quantum leap when we're waiting for our dream to land and we're waiting for the fulfillment of the word to come. So let's have a look to the screen. That's featuring my nine-year-old Sienna who doesn't mind the camera at all. (laughs) But isn't that where we spend most of our life? The dream, most of our life, our dream life is in the quantum leap. It's mid-air. And I want to pose the question what undergirds us in midair? What carries us in the midst of flight before we land? And this is what my Bible tells me in Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In free fall, what undergirds us is the substance of faith. Now, substance in Greek is hypostasis, literally a standing under. Faith undergirds what we hope for, it carries us. It is a substance, a literal substance. Substance that holds us in mid-flight, even before we land, even before we know how our feet are going to touch the ground. Faith is a substance there. It's not air. It's substance that gets on the inside of us so we don't have to sway like reeds in the wind to the left or the right. When our Father speaks, when He tells us something will be, when we find ourselves in mid-flight, faith is the thing underneath there that keeps us from crashing to the ground, keeps us from falling, blindly falling. No, faith undergirds us. Come on, let's magnify Him here in Jesus' mighty name. And this is what I love. In Christ, there is a higher posture and place, a bedrock foundation. Even when we feel like our world is shifting and falling, in Christ, He's an immovable rock, the rock of all ages, the rock right through to eternal life. In Psalm 61.2, David says, from the end of the earth will I cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed and fainting, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is where we put our feet. That's the bedrock foundation. Come what may. Don't lean on your own understanding. Find that bedrock foundation which comes in Christ. And what's a about that scripture. Just a couple Psalms later, so typical of David. In one minute, he's overwhelmed and fainting. And in the next minute, it says in verse eight, David is able to sing. So I will sing praise to your name forever. If we were to ask David, how do you sing in mid-flight? How do you sing in the quantum leap? Because somewhere there in transition, somewhere he transitioned from being overwhelmed and alarmed Somewhere in mid-flight in the quantum leap, he found hypostasis. He found the substance of faith. He found the bedrock foundation so he didn't flail anymore. He prays at that place. He prays because confidence and steadfastness and peace came in that place. In Jesus' mighty name, we can sing from the rock. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 1, verse 42. And the Lord said to me, Say to them, Do not go up or fight, for I'm am not amongst you. So I spoke to you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord and were presumptuous and went up into the hill country. This has got to be one of the most potent game changers of everything in the fulfillment of dreams and dreaming again in your dreams and pursuits, make sure you move with him. Oh my goodness, there is no place that makes me more afraid for you than when we move out of presumption and we move in our own efforts and we strive in our own strength. I don't know what happens out there. Anything is possible when you dance outside the lines of his faithfulness and his sovereignty. I pray you would walk in sync in alignment with our heavenly Father who knows what's best for us, who knows where we will flourish. Move with Him. There's nothing worse than laboring a dream when He is not amongst it. There is nothing worse than laboring a dream when He is not amongst it. Fruit doesn't come from that place. Moving out of presumption, God proceeded over Israel's battles, not as ally or adversary, but as commander in chief. I want to remind us here, the church tonight, that God is not just Savior, He is Lord. And He's not just Father Christmas, He's Commander in Chief and I want to call us to a higher awareness of that tonight your days matter your efforts matter the way you spend your time it matters to him because he's not just ally or adversary he's commander in chief his sovereign ruler of your days and your breath and your life and if this day if this life is but mere breath before it passes better to make sure it's in alignment specific alignment with the Commander-in-Chief in in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you just stand right across this room tonight? Some tonight need to reinstate Christ's Lordship. You know, more and more, when I do a salvation altar call these days, wherever I go, I feel like I'm calling out to the church as much to anyone who's just walked through those doors and never heard about Jesus before. I feel like the burden to call the church back to Jesus Christ is just as significant and weighty as to call the first timer into the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what I want to ask here tonight, right across this room, is He Lord or is He just Savior? Is He Father Christmas? or is he Commander-in-Chief? I believe you'll know in your heart almost immediately. I wanna pray tonight to invite those who need to know Jesus as Savior, maybe you've never prayed a prayer that invited him into your world. But tonight I want to do that. I want to pray a prayer with you that says, Jesus, come into my heart and life. Walk with me. I want to know you. Some of you have just got confusion. It's like it's buzzing around your mind. Am I in Christ? Am I not? I always come. I always show up. I serve. I go to Connect Group. There's this confusion. When you're in Christ, there's clarity and there's peace. If there's any confusion, I want to snuff that out tonight and bring clarity back so that you're absolutely sure that you're in right standing with Him. But the majority I'm calling out tonight is to reinstate Jesus Christ as Lord, as headship, as the the driver of your life, the sovereign one over your life, to call you back, to call you back, to realign, to realign, if you've drifted to realign, to get back on the same page. This is how it is to be in sync with Jesus Christ, is we hear the voice of the shepherd. Do you remember when you last heard the voice of the shepherd? Is he speaking to you? Is he leading in? Is he he revelating through his word? when you're in relationship there's no shadow of a doubt well tonight I'm calling out to the church and every one of us in it to know without a shadow of a doubt that we are in right standing with Jesus Christ so right across this room no hesitation no doubt no looking to the right or left because who cares most importantly we step back into right standing with Him. We let Him have the reins. We let Him have the life. Because God forbid we will spend our life walking in our own assumption when He wants to take us into goodness and mercy and blessing. So I'm asking you to consider in your heart right now. If you need me to pray with you here tonight, I want you to lift your hand up nice and tall. you know who you are you'll know who you are just lift your hand up right high now there's at least six in this room there's at least six I actually feel there's more just lift your hand up so that you get clarity and peace don't be pious it's not about that it's not being about being polite it's actually about hunger hunger the desires to be confident I see your hand who else is there here tonight it's about hunger, to know that you're in Him, that you're not drifting to the left and the right, that you're not walking out of religiosity, but you're actually in relationship. You hear the voice of the shepherd. You know He's got you. You're not functioning out of presumption. You're walking with Him in alignment, and in sync, into the promises He has for you. So lift your hand, lift your hand right across this room. Don't look outward, look inward look inward. Don't resist. Some of you are resisting in your heart. You're wrestling, you're letting stubbornness get a hold, hardness get a hold. I rebuke that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Crash in, Lord crash in on every heart in this room so that we could move as we're meant to move as a church so we wouldn't have our handbrake on some of you have got your handbrake on and you need to let go of that tonight he's the driver, he's in the driving seat, he's sovereign over the handbrake, not you so lift your hand and watch release come, lift your hand and watch freedom come, who else is there in this room, how else is there in this room, who else is there waking, sleeping giant are waking, sleeping giants in this place tonight. We're not made to be humdrum, to walk on autopilot. We meant to be alive. I see your hand. I salute you, my friend. I salute you. Well done. Who else is there? Here We're not finished yet. Some of you have still got to get up out of your seats. she yelling at me? Why is she screeching at me? Because I'm wrestling for your soul. I'm wrestling for your freedom so that you would know what it is to walk in full relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm calling out to the church, I'm calling out to the pastor, I'm calling out to the Connect leader, I'm calling out to the leader, I'm calling out to the ones that you would know without a shadow of a doubt, that you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, that you've not grown cool or disinterested or religious, but that you're actually in sync with Him, new measures, New measures of freedom and the fullness of life. That is what it is to be in Christ. It's not dull. It's not tired. It's not religious. It's not laborious. It's life-breathing. It's buoyant. If that's you, lift your hands. those thoughts would stop ringing in your mind, the religiosity, the condemnation, the doubt, the fear that it would be broken in one encounter with Jesus Christ, that you would walk in complete freedom and life. It's not about me. Friends, do you know, do you know, lift your hand if that's you here tonight and let me pray in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to sing one more time. If you're questioning yourself at all there is doubt and uncertainty